Welcome back, folks, to the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast. And today in studio, I have Abraham Schnitzler of CBC Lighting, and we're talking about selling light bulbs every day. And CBC Lighting is, um, I guess we would call them a gray market supplier, eh, Greg? Yeah, I would say that that would be an accurate term. Maybe Abe can tell us more. Yeah, well, you know what? Before he does, what I'm going to say is this, is that if you haven't been in the lighting business for a long time, you don't know what the gray market is. But if you're an old soul, you know what the gray market is, Abe. So <laughs> cbclighting.com, is that the website? Yes, www.cbclighting.com. And I just want to correct you on the gray market thing. I'm black and white, not gray. <laughs> this episode, he's wearing black and white. He's wearing black and white. This episode of the podcast <laughs> is sponsored by Keystone Technologies, a good nailed member, friend of a friend of ours, friend of Abe's too. Yes. Go to KeystoneTech.com. That's K-E-Y-S-T-O-N-E-T-E-C-H.com, Greg. Today we're talking about their speed dial programmable drivers. In our discussion today, we talked about the issue with drivers and how difficult it is to find it. What they've got is a driver that you can actually program the milliamp, and it can meet multiple uh, characteristics that you need for one out of one driver and you reduce your SKUs. It won't work for every application, but it will work for a lot. No computers, no mistakes, no hassle. Speed dial programmable LED drivers from Keystone. And you know, Abe, Keystone is a ballast company. So they've always been very strong in the driver's side from the beginning. So you go to keystonetech.com. That's K-E-Y-S-T-O-N-E-T-E-C-H.com. And, of course, the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors, where we met. Yes. And uh, I got a 90% that CBC Lighting's coming back into the group. Is that correct? Yes. So go to the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors. That's N-A-I-L-D.org, baby. Nail.org. For right now, listen to this wonderful discussion if you're into selling light bulbs. You're going to like it. Abraham Schlitzer, Michael Colligan, and Greg Eric on the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast. Welcome to the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast, Abe. Good morning. How are you? Good. Say hi to Greg Eric. Hi, Greg. How are you? Good, Abe. Thanks for coming into the studio there in Toronto. Good to see you. Thank you. Yeah. We've been trying to do this for a while. Yes. <laughs> We're finally here. We're finally here. Yeah, we had to have you in studio. Um, so... I think what we want to talk about, if I'm if you if I if I'm not mistaken, is the legacy lamp market. We want to touch on everything in lamps, but legacy lamp market is one of them for sure. Where do you see that market going as the I guess the stock on hand starts to be depleted? So uh, I I was just coming off from um couple of uh, flights two nights of uh, flying and i looked down on the before landing on the on the lighting landscape as we say we still see a lot of hbs lamps sure and most cities uh did not switch yet to leds i mean um you can see a lot switched off to uh, LEDs, but there's still a lot of legacy lamps uh, around. The you're primarily CBC Lighting is primarily you guys sell LEDs, but your I think your power zone is in the um, accumulation of legacy stock, is it not? Our power zone is dictated by the customer, <laughs> honestly. So, yeah. so, so we cater to 
to the demands of the customer. So if a customer demands an LED, we'll, we'll search for an LED for them. If the customer wants an obsolete lamp, we'll search for it. Um, we have a network of vendors who, who have stock on legacy products and some of them in LEDs. And like there's legacy LEDs too. Yes, and that comes in very handy because let's say if you have a, um, you're doing a new project and you do phase one, phase two, phase three, now you want to do phase four and all of a sudden it's discontinued. Mm -hmm. So what do you do? Because from generation to generation in LEDs, there might be a difference. Might be going from eight uh, eight thirty to nine thirty. It might be going from uh, from uh, X lumens to to a higher lumen, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So people are trying to match what they ex what they have existing, and or, or sometimes even just it it burned it burned out. Not because LEDs burn out. Not because it bur <laughs> bur not because it burns out, because either somebody um, the the voltage peaked or 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 some other electrical uh, uh, in if you have a lot of uh, outages it triggers um, lamps to to go off faster etc because when it comes on the voltage surge mm -hmm. etc but you're seeing a lot of so a lot of the LED legacy or legacy LED I guess we'll call it is getting phased out and then you guys are keeping some stock of that, but eventually that'll go away too. I'm, I'm not saying we're keeping stock. I'm saying I have okay. access to vendors who might have stock or so, right. some of them who might buy the full manufacturer stock of that. Let's say we're talking 2017 product, 2018 product. Mm -hmm. When the manufacturer is bringing in the newer version, they sell off mm -hmm. the older version and somebody buys it for a discounted price and we know who that is again Got not it. always not everybody not all the products not all the manufacturers but we dabble in that and we, and we know uh where to reach out so eventually those generations are going to be gone and i, and I kind of see that as a potential issue for the industry as a whole is you know people that bought initial leds and they may have a couple out and maybe they have a couple hundred that they want now they're going to have a different look. I'm not even talking just lamp, but fixture and everything that goes along with it. I, I don't know how that, if that problem is ever going to get solved, but it's good to know that there are options to buy the old product. Correct. And, and the same thing is if they want to add uh, just a few a few lamps or uh, they want to do a new rack or a, a window showcase, etc. Sure. Th that they have something existence and they have to redo it. The mm -hmm. It's interesting because I often have complaints on my order desk from the guys that take orders and gals, is that um, everything's a project, mm -hmm. right? Like everything's like, oh, I, I got to take this lamp and find the new lamp that replaces it or apply for a rebate or give the guy a quote. There's no more, hey, I'll take uh, 120 of these and 120 of those and you ship. The, the, the industry's become a lot more complicated for the consumer and for the supplier. Correct. Right, because you have to communicate. You communicate it after the fact. Sometimes they come to you and they say, "Hey, get me this part," and you say, "Okay, I'll get you that." And then you have to go back to them and say, "Oh, sorry, I can't get you that, but I can get you this. Is that going to work?" And oh, can you send me a step. sample of that? Because yeah, I got to check no. to make sure it works. And it's like, I, I, right. it's become a lot more complicated. 
Sure. So, so, so like uh, um, years ago, you get a PO. Yeah. You process it, you ship it. Today, you get a PO. You have to check if the product is still available, and if it's the same product code, and if it's the same uh, lumens and the same color and the same everything. And sometimes even the beam spread. This is made in a 24 uh, degree, 25 degree, and that's made in a 35 degree and a 40 degree. And so, some people call this an NFL, and some people call this an FL. So it's 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 very scattered. In in in, it's not so general as getting a PO shipping. You have to. Um, check with the manufacturer if they still have stock and if they don't have stock if they have something that replaces it or a compatible product and if the customer um, wants to live with a compatible product if it's a little bit different etc etc so the same let's say uh, $1500 PO that it took you three minutes to process could take you hours yeah, and, to, and multiple calls back and forth and maybe a yes. sample. It's uh, it, it, Are we monetizing this complexity? Oh, I don't think we can. And, 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 and getting answers from manufacturers is also not easy. And sometimes they don't even know. <laughs> yeah, try to find an old LED cut sheet, and it's, it's, it's difficult. Even yes. when you, you know, search it, sometimes you find some things, but then it doesn't give you all the details you need to know to match it up. So exactly, it's tough. And, and even the manufacturers themselves, they, they say, "Did you Google it?" Uh, they do the same thing <laughs> as we do. So, yeah. so <laughs> you would think that they would know. Yes. You know what's interesting? Your that, product. You know where it's the most difficult, and this is just my, my anecdotal. I'm not saying that this is mm -hmm. the rule, but for me, where it's most difficult is um, CFL ballasts. Okay, so in the past. If somebody ordered a CFL ballast, we'd have the price. We'd usually use the price they paid last time, and sometimes we'd bump them up a little, but we'd be able to find it. We'd find it somewhere and ship them the product, right? Now uh -huh. it's like you can't find CFL ballast anymore. And I have customers that did ballast-compatible LED projects with CFLs, yeah. right? And then it's out. They're like, oh, okay, it's a warranty issue. I'm like, well, take one of those lamps and put it in the other one that's working and tell me if it still works, right? Which is a pain in the butt for the customer, but they'll do it. Yep. So they do it. No, no, the bulb still works. You need a ballast then. Okay, here's the ballast. Like, uh oh. How about you bypass it, Mike? Don't say that. <laughs> well, now they have to buy a new LED lamp to bypass it. Correct. You're right. Then they've got a mix, and then that one is bypassed. That one's not. It's a nightmare. Yes, man. It really is a nightmare. And so in Canada, yeah. we have mix in 347 volt to the mix, buddy. Ooh. Oh man. Yes. Gross. <laughs> Gross, dude. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's and you know what it is? It's coming down the pipeline right now towards us. And it's only going to get worse. Yes, in, in the interim, until the LEDs become uh, mainstream by far more than it is now. When you say mainstream, do you mean standardization? No, I mean um, fixtures. So th there is what, we, what, what I would call the cheap replacement. Okay. Well, not cheap as in cheap, it's just... Uh, low cost replacement so a, a t8 led is a low cost replacement versus a new fixture mm -hmm. so, but we're getting to the point where people put in new fixtures and even i would even say that uh, an led um um not plate uh, how do you call it the led flat panels. panels flat panels is also a cheap replacement sure it's 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 
it, it fades the color uh, sure. with age, etc., etc., and it's not the lumen package is not there. there. There's a lot of cheap replacements, and some people don't care because either they have to they're building condos and they just put in the cheapest thing to light up, and then whoever's going to live there is going to replace whatever is there, mm-hmm. or uh, there's a tenant. Um, uh, moving in into a commercial place and the landlord doesn't want to put in a lot of money in it. He just lights up the place the cheapest way possible and that's it. It's not long-term uh, energy focused. You know, I'll tell you, I have another anecdote for you. We got this condominium client of ours, so 500 suites. Every suite has a little light fixture beside the door that, that shines down on the number of the suite. Yeah. Okay. This thing is super thin and swanky looking, right? Now the builder, I guarantee you the builder bought this thing directly from China and imported it. Okay. okay? It's got, and that happens a lot, by the way, more and more and more right. builders are going directly to China and importing whole fixture packages for, for buildings. Try to find, they're start, the drivers are starting to go. This is three years old. These little tiny, tiny, tiny drivers. Okay. Mm-hmm. Keystone doesn't have it. Um, uh, I'm, I'm taking a blank here, but like nobody has a driver that has this amperage, this size, this shape. You can't get it. And that's the first thing that goes in LED, LED fixture. Yeah. And what's happening is, so the condo either has to change every fixture on a floor and save the ones that are still working and install them in the ones that burn out, or (laughs) they got to change all the fixtures in the whole building three years in. And you're talking like 150 bucks a fixture installed, maybe more. And then you got to find or something they were, yeah, something they were sold that was going to last forever. Yeah, but or so, at least, yeah. yeah well, think about it because because the condo market's interesting. You brought up the condo market because the the, re, the residential multi residential high rise is always treated in the home category, but really it's one of the toughest applications. You got twenty four seven on, right in those hallways and parking garages and all that stuff. Okay, and you got the some of the chintziest stuff you can find installed by builders in these buildings as cheap as it gets. Cause as soon as they're gone, that Terry on home warranty is over or whatever it is, they're gone, baby. And these condo boards are getting left with no replacement bulbs, no replaceable parts, fixture directly imported from China. Nobody knows where to find the driver. This is a major pipeline problem for the lighting industry. And, and we are facing with more and more um, issues just because it's so time consuming just to fill an order and, and time consuming to, uh, like you said, in the drivers. I, the main manufacturers don't stock drivers as they used to stock ballasts. Nope. Because the drivers is still in the manufacturing stage or OEM stage. It's not yet in the shelf life stage. Mm-hmm. So, right. It's tougher to get. It's tougher to negotiate prices because you never need 500 drivers. You need three, four, five, whatever it 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 blew up out. That's what you need, and and it's very and and that's some of our strengths is we cater to the driver market, and we supply drivers to to the people, and we and we see that. It's 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 onesies twosies. It's not volume. That's a pain in the butt. It is, but it's it's a service, and that's our, one of our strong points. Do you think uh, drivers will ever get standardized? 
like they are, like fluorescent ballasts have been or are HID ballasts. All that. Well, NEMA came, I think it's NEMA that came out yep. and said that mm-hmm. if you're going to make a T12 ballast, it has to do this amperage, it has to be this size, it has to be this voltage, it has to have these color wires on it and all this sort of stuff. That is That form factor setting is completely gone in the lighting business. Usually, a, a uh, driver or an RFQ for drivers would go either with a picture of whatever is in the fixture, and that's the easiest way to identify it. But sometimes you can identify it. You cannot identify it because it's some Chinese company that you don't know how, how even to search for it. <laughs> yeah, see, and what I, I always have an issue with drivers too is that if if and you know how the LED life and we talked about this before, Mike. But as a as a chip decreases in lumen output over time, and then maybe the fixture fails, uh, you can replace the driver. But now you're only when you put a new driver and that chip is a, lost thirty percent of the light, and you put a new driver, it might work again and continue to work, but it's going to continue to decrease light. So it's not providing the light you needed to begin with. So now you got to go back and maybe swap the whole fixture. You know, so that's what a hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, um, and now many manufacturers now try to do their their fixtures as parts so you can replace parts but mm-hmm. and that's also in the i would say the cheaper manufacturers because the high end manufacturers you don't have to replace parts and you cannot touch a fixture it's a sealed cil- cylinder or a sealed um, solid state piece of electronics, so like, a, like a MacBook. That's it. Yeah, you cannot touch it. it, it it's a throwaway product. Integrated. But integrated. They stand behind it for five years, and some of them now for ten or for seven years. And some people say, "Who needs uh, a longer life than that?" In in lamps, you you renovate a building or renovate a store or a hotel before the life cycle of an led well the the reason you brought up the word life cycle and we've talked about this before greg that we yes yes we've increased the lifetime of the light source but we've decreased the life cycle of the unit is this more or less environmentally friendly i mean that's got to be asked the whole thing the whole rebate thing is based upon the energy saving energy or or being more uh, environmentally friendly, you know? And is it, even if you save all that energy over that course of that life of that fixture, say five, seven, 10 years, I'm not going to push it past 10 years in a commercial application. I don't care what anybody says. If you then have to re- make a new light fixture, ship it across the ocean and put it in that, that, that place again, is that more like, what's the carbon footprint of that? It can't possibly be less. I don't know. I mean, call me crazy especially in Ontario and Quebec, where you already have clean energy? Yes and no, because the um, the fixture, if you don't have to touch it for five years or seven years, so there's no balance replacement, there's no um, manpower required to do anything, there's no um, uh, lamp recycling, so there's some factors in the energy uh, and, and more environmental than 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 that now how long have you guys been in business Abe? your company my company has been in business since 1995 
95. Are you seeing, so you're supplying legacy technology and LED now. Are you seeing the demand for legacy or your market share of legacy products increasing because people don't have it as much and the demand is there when people do need it? If you get what I'm asking, I don't know if I'm asking that the right sure, way. No, but. no, no. It's it, so, so let me explain. Um, yeah. The legacy product did not go away as fast as was anticipated when the new kid on the block, the LEDs, were coming out. But okay. it's but it's still. Uh, so, I mean, I'm trying to stop selling T12s, and I can't. <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 I'm charging a lot more money than I used to when it was a commodity. Sure, sure. Okay, so I guess the end user pays more for a T12 and still using it. Maybe because it burned out, climbs up on the ladder, uh, takes it out and says, this is what I need. And he doesn't want to hear about anything else. Well, mm-hmm. You know what, though? But he has that right, too. She have, they have that right. Like, I think Alan Karen from Satco said it best. Is Who am I to say? Like, Who am I to say that somebody shouldn't use this bulb versus that bulb? I just sell light bulbs, right? At the end of right. the day, you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not some kind of, I'm not passing judgment on T12 lamps. You know what I mean? Like, yes. oh, how dare yeah. you use a T12 lamp in 2019? What's the matter with you? <laughs> <laughs> you suggest True. replacements and yeah. let them decide what they want. Exactly. Yeah, and and again, I, I, take it take it from from a different perspective. I am not selling to the end user, so I cannot say, um, don't use a T12. I cannot. The customer wants a T12. This is what I'm what I'm giving him because his customer wants a T12. Now, if he cannot uh, educate his customer properly, what am I going to do? So, I have no choice. Well, educate the customer properly. Let's say you get an online order. I get an online order. Someone in uh, uh, Campbellville, Ontario, orders a case of F40 T12 DX. Right. Try to get that mm-hmm. guy on the phone. And then right. on top of that, try to tell them, hey, okay, now what you're going to do instead of ordering this case of light bulbs is you're going to take the ballast out, you're going to change it to a T8 ballast, or you're going to go, but what, what, what voltage do you have? <laughs> da, 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 da. Right, like right. it's not worth it for the 90 bucks you're charging the thing, so ship them the bulbs. Right. And and, 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 there, and, and again, there's two, two types of people. There's one, one kind of person, he wants it, he orders it, boom, over and gone, he doesn't want to hear anything. And then there's the other kind of person that, okay, there's a sub available, you can save energy, you can save the environment, and and there's an economical uh, um, payoff to it. He's gonna listen to it, but you you never know who's who's the who the person is when it's online or. Something. Our lowest success rate is when we call someone that's ordered online and ask them if they <laughs> yeah. want to upgrade. Like that's like they ordered like, online because they didn't want to talk to you to begin exactly. with. Exactly, <laughs> it's like, buddy, what? Who are you talking about here? Okay, when am I getting my bulbs? No, no, we don't want you to buy those bulbs. We actually took your money, but we want you to buy these other bulbs. It's like it's like cuckoo for cocoa puffs, uh, man. <laughs> <laughs> what is the uh, what's the highest selling legacy uh, item that you guys still is it T twelve or is there something else that you're selling a lot of? Are Are you sitting? I'm sitting. Okay. <laughs> I sold sock slams this week. Woo! What? SOX 135. <laughs> Woo! How'd you find those? Those are hot. Those are hot, man. <laughs> those are hot. I sold over a thousand pieces. Come on. Really? You know, like a one lo- person? No, but a lot of. Yeah, one, one line item. A lot Ooh. of mines use socks. A lot of mines. Can, can you imagine 
that it's still in some highways there's still sox lamps sure. lighting up the, the the roadways sure wow well you know look people don't have the capital okay like you got to remember and the other thing too is like look at a city like detroit okay yeah all right if you were a municipality and you're the mayor like those like whatever happened there i don't know who got you know so let's say you're looking at a capital infusion you got uh, you know whatever you're going to spend 40 million dollars right comes along the pipe we're going to upgrade all our lights for 40 million dollars and when you do this you're going to have a five-year payback guaranteed right and it's like holy mackerel that's a potential huge mistake or we could just keep our maintenance budget at 500 grand a year sure so some some of them right i mean yeah yeah some of them issue bonds when they do it yeah and it's it's paid it's paid out by that yeah so they have the leverage and they have the 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 financial capability And some of them just put it in, in their yearly budget, and that's where it gets collaborated. See, the bigger the municipality, it's like LA, I think, is in the process of redoing all of its LED lights right now. Is that, Scott, is that correct? Was that in the light read last week? Uh, that, two weeks, yeah. Two, LA is going to redo, like redo Upgrade it. Upgrade the LED. Mo- uh, Montreal did it. Montreal did it. All LED. All LED. And they're going to redo it now? No. Oh, redo the LED. LA, LA is going <laughs> to okay. redo all the LED lights they did. I mean, the the future. Like when they did it. No, hang on a second here. When they did it, Abe, you were like they did it 2012 or something like that. You're talking $1,200 for each one of those light fixtures. Come oh, on, yeah. no? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. At that then, time, definitely. LEDs were a baby. 1200 bucks. Okay. Or in the incubator. There is no way they got their money back. There is no way, and they're maybe they're disguising this IoT thing or something. I don't. I mean, I'm just pure speculation, you know, tinfoil hat on here. But some they're starting to go out. Seals are bursting. Areas are dark. And like, no, no, no. We're not fixing the the ones and they weren't the 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 company that sold to them is out of business. This is not. No, we want to upgrade to IoT now. Now we're going to get our money back. <laughs> no, when you talk, I, I mean, it just seems so ridiculous. To okay, me. but when you're talking LA. It's the environment that pushed it. I don't think it's it's economic. Well, you mean the environment of the people that live in LA, or the, the after? Uh, no, no, no. The, the to save the environment pushed it the more. Politics. Yeah, yeah, politics. Yeah, sure. Politics. Then, then I think again, it's LA. Mm-hmm. It's it's their whole their whole uh, 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 municipality is driven by that. The Republic of Early Adopters. That's what California is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Early adopters, it. listen to me, son. Early adopters always get burned every single I mean, time. I mean, you have you have even some LEDs that you cannot sell in LA. Replacement lamps because it doesn't meet their... There's specific California uh, 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 guides what you can sell, what you cannot sell. You know what's so strange about stuff like that? So it's easier to trade in some things between Arizona and Ontario than Arizona and California. It's easier to trade in some goods between Ontario and Minnesota than it is between Ontario and Quebec. It's it's unbelievable. Uh, Like they're like these inter country trade things. Like imagine like having a law within the same country over light bulbs. It it seems so absurd to me, dude. Is it not absurd? Oh yeah, it definitely is. How dare you use that MR16? (laughs) We went on a tour of Northern California. We went on tour. And every single 
every single lighting distributor we walked into had scores that were hoarding GE Constant Color MR16s. Hoarding yeah, every them. one of them. That's <laughs> yeah, crazy. I, w- I would buy any I can get. Yeah, me too. Now, I had some designers told me they couldn't find yet an LED replacement for a GE Constant Color MR16. Guaranteed. The punch, the color, the the crispness, everything. And then and then the beam, the, the very precise beam degrees beam that angles. you can get, and the wattage levels, and the, the zero to one hundred. And limit. they're discontinuing it. The zero to one hundred. Listen to us, current. Don't be silly. Fire those machines back up. Um, the 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 zero to one hundred and dim to warm. You can't beat it, dude. That's right. It's tough. Like if you want, everybody wants it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's uh, it's one of the like where it's going to be interesting to see because the other thing too, the idea of like, it, it's like it's this is a repeating cyclical problem that LED is going to create. It's not like once we get through all the legacy sockets to LED that this problem is going to go away. It's going to get worse. I mean, right. look at the replacement sockets that you just put in an LED replacement. Yeah, all those sockets. I'm not going to say five years, but in 10 years, they're all going to be gone. They're going to be new fixtures. I think, I think what's going to happen, Ellis Yawn was, like, was leaning back with us at Lightford going, we need to go back to the socket. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the socket. It's easy. Got to go back to the socket. I yeah, mean, for sure. Let's say you, you, you're, you're, you're um, opening up a store. If you want to put LED fixtures, it's going to cost you Anywhere from $150 to $200 to $250 a pop. Yep. Mm-hmm. If you put in a gimbal ring and an LED PAR 38, it's going to cost you by far less than $40. For sure. Yeah. MR16, yep. LED, GU10, a- whatever. Anything. Yeah, yeah. So. And what happens when it burns out? You screw it's it out screw, and you put it, it in. Screw it back in. <laughs> That's it. Exactly. But, but you. you, you your investment is not there, and, and, and I don't know, and, and there are some national accounts who go that route. This is a, yeah, I'll tell you this, there's a ticking time bomb. Like, there's going to be, it's like, it's just tick, 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 tick. And you know what's interesting about the whole thing? You know what, so I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play a really weird card here, Greg, and you cut me off if you think I'm being <laughs> weird or whatever. Here okay. We go. Yeah. Okay. This is going to be a weird one, Abe. Ready okay. for this? During the before the Second World War, the Second World War really started when Japan invaded China. Okay, like 1937 or something like that. That's when Japan invaded China, and that's where all the killing happened. By the way, everything else was like a skirmish, except for Russia and China. But anyway, so what the U.S. and Britain were doing to Japan was they were cutting off all these different economic. Imports that the Japanese wanted to import, all sorts of things like raw materials and oil, and there was like anaconda strangling them in in the in the in the Pacific. They knew they were a threat, so they started an economic war first. Sound familiar? Okay, sure. and and then so what happened was because the U.S. was exporting so much to Japan. Okay, the U.S. could just say, you know what we're going to do? We don't like what you're doing anymore. We're not going to give you access to this material. We're not going to give you access to that material, right? And Japan said, well, we're just going to invade this country over here and take what they have there. 
And so the escalation of tensions, right? It's interesting that one of the things China could do to America to really screw them up is to disallow the export of LEDs to America. That would cause massive problems because we wouldn't be able to light up our buildings. Like within, a, within five years, we'd be fighting in the dark. They wouldn't be able to build the capacity. They wouldn't be able to get the rare earths. They would, like you could start a serious, serious problem for the United States just by stopping the export of LEDs. Yeah, but rare earths, first of all, is only used in fluorescence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm talking just okay. the raw material. Of, yeah, uh, or not just raw. No, no, just the export of finished LED lamps. But but they can do that in any in any any commodity, any product. It's not only lighting. Sure. I mean, they're the manufacturer of the world. But th but think about that. We've turned over that to possibly the this the only person that in history in the last hundred years could actually threaten the United States dominance of the world like that's insane man like yes, think about it, it. and it's all across lots, lots of industry but i just i'm in the lighting business and i'm like hey you know if the chinese just said we're not exporting led tubes to america anymore what you're not doing what yeah but uh, don't think that that leds are made by robots sure. that, okay so to set up a robot in any other place in the world than china is not such a big deal but china makes the robots too Okay, most of them. Uh, that, that's that, what if, if it can be done. Why aren't people doing it? Is what I always ask manufacturers when we talk to them. Is like, well, then do it. You know, bring the robotics over here and, and make start making your lamps here. So but they so all say, ah, oh, it's still cheaper at China. No, TCP TCP did it for they're, filling filling. They're orders. building a, a place in Ohio, I think. Yeah, yeah. but mm -hmm. but but let's let's. But TCP is a Chinese company too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> let's start. The, the, anyway, there's my conspiracy theory for the day. Hat on. Okay. Take it off. Take it off. <laughs> let's let's try to talk something positive in the lighting business. Okay, good. Is there anything? I mean, <laughs> I, I think I think I'm monetizing the complexity. I'm beginning to monetize it a little bit. So yes, I think I'm starting to figure out how to how to how to how to how to change the nature of my relationship to my customers of one of of PO and ship to one of what do you got, bud? Let's figure it out. And char being able to charge for that. So, so b being of the service, mm -hmm. and I call myself a service guy because I don't initiate a an RFQ. It's done by my customer. So if you give a customer a good service, he will buy. Mm -hmm. and, 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 that's, and that's the positive thing. Um, in lighting is you educate them you you give them the best options and you don't gouge them just decent uh, reasonable prices and you have the customer i think on a on a positive side too is it's kind of up for grabs right now we're all trying to figure this thing out and whoever figures it out is going to be successful you know we all have different angles at it but it's up for grabs is what i like about it I know right. that there's some negatives to that sure, too, sure, obviously. Sure. I'll sure. say I'll say a couple right. things too. Is that a lot of people entered the lighting businesses and, ex and exited, but a lot of my old friends mm -hmm. are still standing. Right. That's right. How about that for a positive? I mean, there you go. When I entered the lighting business, the MR16 was the new kid on the block. Um. Then the, the the halogen thing, the the par halogen and other halogen, 
was the new uh, thing on the block. Then there was the T8s. There was so much excitement in, in the lighting field. And I think there was a stupidity of all the manufacturers to go from a T12, F40 T12 to an F34 T12 and from an F96 T12 from a, a 75 watt to a 60 watt. That kept the T12 going instead of just moving on to the T8 where it's automatically a reduced wattage. Mm -hmm. Yep. So in the LED field, you, you, of course, there's the economics and the savings and everything else, but you still have to supply a good light source for the customer to be happy. And there's so many places you walk in and, and the lights just blind you or uh, there's so much glare or it's the wrong color it's f for the application etc etc because many people don't know what they're doing don't know what they're doing and there's the professional either it's it's costing him too much to educate the customer and therefore he just skips it and and gives whatever is available or there there's not enough knowledge of the terms lumen terms color temperature terms and 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 they're changing them and they're changing them so yeah interchanging them and, and and so on and so forth so if we focus and we're known to focus on saying for the customer you want to have a nice building you want to have a nice store you want to see your product properly this is what we have. Go for it. So you know, you know that Greg and I are now um, have formed a management company, and we're running Nailed. As you, I don't know if you're aware of that. I I saw it in one of the uh, right. So newsletters. it's So we go around, and and we used to be in the same association, Abe. <laughs> Okay, but so you know what's interesting is that we were touring Northern California and Denver. We went around a little bit and talked to some people, and and then obviously in, in on Long Island, we talked to some distributors, Greg, uh -huh. and trying to bring them into the uh -huh. association. And what's interesting is that everybody is asking us for a payback, and I want to get that word out of the lighting business. Okay, okay, what's the ROI of being in nailed? There is no ROI. Okay, Jerko. <laughs> All right. Here's the here's why you join an association. You join an association not for what the association gives to you, but what we as a group can give back to the industry by getting together, by having these kinds of discussions, Abe. These kinds of discussions in and of themselves are valuable to the lighting business, which is why we're recording them. We're going to put it out there. Two, three thousand people are going to listen to this, maybe more. Okay. And those are going to be lighting professionals. And so association amongst different like-minded people in the same business is extremely, extremely important. I know this. Is, yeah. So I run nailed, whatever. That's why you join associations. You, you join buying groups to get an, to get an ROI, to get a payback, to get a rebate. That's why you join a buying group. You join an associate. You don't pollute an association with some sort of payoff. Because then your reason for joining becomes a monetary reason and you lose your integrity in that. And that's why there are associations and that's why are, there are buying groups. And so, Abe, I'm going to ask you at 695, you coming back into Nailed? It's now a 90% uh, yes. 90% yes. 
He's saying there's a chance. He's saying there's a chance. He's telling me there's a chance. Abe, thank you for being a guest on the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast. It was really fun. Thank you. Thanks, Abe. Good to see you. All right. We'll be in touch. Keystone Technologies, Greg. Go to K-E-Y-S-T-O-N-E-T-E-C-H dot com. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Abraham Schnitzler. Greg, we're talking drivers from Keystone. Everybody forgets that Keystone was a ballast company. So, of course, they're great with drivers, man. And that's something that you need to be aware of in the lighting industry. A lot of LED is taking over and drivers are needed. And they have a easily easiest programmable LED driver on the market. It's just You'll see it on screen here, but just a simple twist of their unique speed dial, and you can program it to your current output uh, desired in less than a second. You reduce skews doing this. It fits multiple fixtures, and it does everything you need to keep that LED going. Check them out. Go to KeystoneTech.com. That's K-E-Y-S-T-O-N-E-T-E-C-H.com, baby. And, of course, the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors, where it all started, where we met, where we met you, Abe. Yes. Where this podcast started, I remember a lot of great conversations. I remember one particularly in San Antonio we had, and then there was a big thunderstorm that night. You remember that, Craig? I do. That was awesome, yeah. Yeah. We're sitting outside. So our convention is April 19th to 22nd in Biloxi, Mississippi, folks. Come on down. It ain't over Passover this year. Right. It, it's not on I already e- checked the date. It's not on Easter, <laughs> and it's not during Light Fair. It's place to be, folks. We picked a strategic date for all of our uh, members and vendors to come on out and come on down. Nothing's going to stop you this year. Uh, Abe, thanks for being a guest on the show. CBCLighting.com. Thank you. Yeah, it was fun. And, um, you know, it's interesting that as the LED progresses, we're going to see the value of legacy stock rise a little bit, aren't we? Right. And we're also going to see the value of a distributor giving to the customer. Bingo. Folks, we are most grateful to you, the listener, all you folks out there that download, watch, stream, like, like us on Facebook, all that kind of stuff on, especially on LinkedIn, actually. Uh, Over a thousand views on our last post, man. That's pretty wild for a light bulb dork post, eh, Greg? That was nice. Yeah, I saw that last night. It keeps growing, too. Thank you. We love, we love our fans. Yes, Abe. There's, there's one major thing I want to say about light bulbs. When somebody wants to talk about a great idea, it's the light bulb that comes on. Boom. <laughs> there you go. So check out cbclighting.com if you're a distributor. And of course, the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors, Get a Grip on Lighting, is out of here. Thank you for listening. Written on the rectory wall, there's a sign there for all. If you are lost, the Lord is there to find you.